Welcome to another episode of the Replant Bootcamp Podcast, the Boots on the Ground podcast for replanters by replanters with your host, Bob Bickford and Jimbo Stewart. Here in the trenches with you doing the gritty and glorious work of replanting dying churches. This podcast is sponsored by 180 Digital, the church website and branding partner you need to help move your church forward. All right, let's try this again. <laughs> let, me, let me show with that. Here we go, back again, pushing through everything that 2020 keeps throwing at us, Bob. Man, Jimbo, I don't know about you, but it seems like every week, I finish the week and think, all right, surely next week is going to be, you know, a little more chill, uh, a little less controversial, a little less upsetting to the norm. But nope, nope, that's not the case for 2020. No, and somebody needs to get 2020 and John MacArthur some fresca. I know. I know. But apparently the aluminum cans are hard to come by. It's just difficult. You know, you just can't. This is the, that was, to me, that was the highlight. We're not going to speak to the controversy one side or the other on this podcast. We're not going to take a side at this moment. Uh, for all I know is John MacArthur needs some fresca. I hope some guys uh, here have heard his uh YouTube, you know, sermon and just inundate the guy with cases of Fresca to make him happy. I, I think that Fresca would be calls him like a sponsor or something. <laughs> now, I, you have you ever had Fresca? Have you ever I tasted? Have not it? had Fresca. So it's kind of like this grapefruity soda with no sugar, and it uh, it's it's really kind of you got to have an acquired taste for it. Now in the South, there's a soda called squirt and have you ever seen that soda or no and i look i grew up in the south i've never heard of squirt come on man so there's uh we'll put it in the show notes but that now that is like fresca only with with sugar in it and it's it's not bad it's okay. not bad all right well, i'll tell you there is one good thing about 2020 bob what's that we finally launched the survey yes now, listeners may not get the magnitude of that statement, how much work, how many hours have been put into this and all the labor that went into this, but we are excited that we've been building up to it. The survey is finally out. We'll have a link to the survey in the show notes so you can take it if you haven't taken it. It's been a big deal for us to get this out there and work on this. So we are really excited to have this out and for you to take it. It'll take you 10 to 15 minutes to take the survey and then it'll give you an automatic total score and give you an opportunity to download a report. And when you download that report, it's about eight to 10 pages, the report. It's customized based off of your score with all your scores on each of the characteristics and, and everything. But Bob, one of the things I want everybody to know, and I want to do a whole podcast episode just to talk about this, taking the survey and looking at your score is not the win. That's it's right. Not, it's not the end of the process. So I wanted to talk about what is the process. One, you do have to download the PDF. You can take the survey and not download the PDF, but you need to download the PDF. And if you have trouble downloading that, let us know. We'll help you out. But once you download the PDF, what do you got to do next, Bob? Well, Jimbo, you got to read the PDF and you got to study through it. Yeah, there's some complicated instructions here. Yeah. So you got to read it. And uh, maybe you need a fresco or maybe you squirt, sit down with, <laughs> refresh yourself while you're reading this multi-page document. Yeah. But here's the cool thing. So there's, there's the option to see where you're strong and where you might need to grow stronger. 
to sit down with a mentor or a coach, an experienced tree planter or a pastor, even your spouse, answer some of the questions that are put in that report regarding those characteristics. And then I think one of the best things that we haven't talked much about was that there's a whole entire growth trap that's been put together online for each of those characteristics. And you can devote some personal time and study to looking into how do you develop your strengths and maximize those? How do you shore up those areas where you're not as strong? And how do you grow? So, man, I'm pumped that this is not just a a thumbs up or a thumbs down kind of a, a survey, but if guys are really going to be serious and invest in understanding how they're wired up and how they are skilled and how their, their competencies and, you know, all those things, guys can really spend several weeks, if not months, really studying and preparing and growing in order to become a top notch replanter. So I'm, I'm pumped about it. Yeah, I, I'm grateful that this is, like you said, this is not a thumbs up, thumbs down. Uh, we're not going to give you that. This survey honestly doesn't get enough information in order to be able to do that. Because one of the things you have to understand when you are processing the results of this survey is they are based off of your answers to the questions. And that's all it's based off of. So depending on your view of yourself, and how you process taking tests and how you process responding, whether you overreact in humility or overreact in arrogance, trying to puff yourself up and look good, that honestly is going to impact the score, which is part of why just looking at your scores is not going to be enough to really know what to do. But some of the questions that aren't even on the form that you might want to consider as you sit down with a ministry coach uh, or mentor or somebody is just, do you feel that the scores are accurate? When you look at the score, do you think this seems to be pretty accurate uh, w- where I am? Or maybe some things surprised you about, I really thought I would have scored higher in this particular characteristic or lower in this particular characteristic and help you realize some things about yourself or maybe even some things about uh, replanting. I-, I was talking with a church planter friend that took the survey and he said, uh, the particularly the part on tactical patience and respect for a church's legacy. Uh, he was like, it helped me realize this is why I'm a planter and not a replanter. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And man, this is the, the, the exciting thing for me is this is exactly why we have labored hard, particularly you have labored hard working on this project and researching it and understanding the unique differences between a revitalization guy, a replant guy and a planter because they are, there, there, there are a lot of differences and there are some unique ones that could mean success or failure in terms of working with people and navigating that. And most of what we see, Jimbo, I think is this, is we, we've got a lot of guys that are faithful to the scriptures, they're good preachers, but where they struggle is in leadership and affecting change and then working with people in those processes of affecting change. And so most guys will tank not because of a biblical issue or because of a, you know, they can't preach, but it'll be some leadership issue or personal interaction issue that takes them out. Yes. Yeah, so step one, take the survey. Step two, download the PDF report. Step three, read through it on your own. Step four, download it, print out two copies of it, sit down with a ministry coach or a mentor. Where are some good places that somebody could look if they don't have that? If they don't already have somebody mentoring them, coaching them in ministry. Bob, who would you suggest they look to first? 
if I'm not connected with pastors or DOMs or associational strategists or state convention folks in my area, my spouse is probably the first place that I want to go. They know me best. They see me at my best and my worst. And the honest feedback that a spouse can, can give me regarding strengths and weaknesses is, is invaluable. The other thing I think I would look at is maybe a seminary classmate or a lifelong friend mm-hmm. who's known me and will be honest with me and will, will help me understand, hey, man, I, I see this in you or I don't see this in you. And it's got to be somebody. It's got to be somebody more than that you just went to class with, right? Or that you're just friendly with. What we're really talking about here is getting feedback from somebody who's seen you in action, and seen you operate, and seen you work with people, seen you under stress, uh, in times of great joy. Has just kind of have a, a full 360 of uh, awareness of you uh, in a lot of different seasons and maybe uh, a lot of different situations. There's a, so much value in this part of it, and discussing it out and asking questions and further exploration. The temptation here is to take the report, take the survey, look at the report, glance through it. Maybe you score all fours or above and you're just like, okay, well, I'm good. I'm golden. I'm a great replanter. I should just do it. And so you decide to just run forward. There's so much value in the exploration process of diving deeper into that. Because again, this is all just kind of initial to get the conversation rolling for you and, and see how that goes. I think if you don't have a ministry mentor or coach, that may be one of the things you really need to establish in your life. I say may trying to be polite. It, it is one of the <laughs> things you need to establish in your life. It's, it's, I, I'm always, when I first surrendered to a call to ministry, I'll never forget one of my mentors And my ordination council asked, who is your Paul, who is your Timothy, and who is your Barnabas? And he really had pushed into me that idea that for the rest of my life, I should have Pauls in my life that are mentoring me, push pouring into me, investing into me, calling me out on things that I need to be called out on like Paul loves to do. I need Timothys that are... Uh, I'm doing the same thing. I'm pouring into them. I'm challenging them and encouraging and equipping them. And you need Barnabases, but they're not going to ask you the hard questions. They're not going to challenge you. They're just there to encourage you. And and don't underestimate the value of that as well, of that Barnabas that's that they're going to go, you took the survey and you scored a four on whatever. Awesome, man. And just be super encouraging. And you need those people who are just there for you as well. But you need to establish who those Pauls are in your life. And if you don't have them, if you are Southern Baptist, talk to your local associational leader and ask if they're willing to do it or if they have a suggestion for somebody to do it. And that's a great place to start and talk to those people because a lot of times those associational leaders are even trained in coaching and mentoring and they can be a great resource to sit down, walk through that document together. And then the growth development plan. So at the end of the report, there's a page that says further exploration And it's going to customize, give you six links. It's not going to give you all 13, but here's what I'll tell you is I have all 13 links. If you make it through all six of the ones that we give you on the report and you want the other seven, once you finish those six, email me, let me know, and I'll get you the other seven. Uh, But I want you to do those, those six first on, and we suggest that you start with the bottom three and not the top three. Now this goes against some leadership thinking in a way that says 
you should do a strengths-based approach and just let your strengths inform your weaknesses. But in a conversation about this, Bob, you and I decided that we would still say you need to focus on the bottom three first. And why, why would that be an important thing to do? Yeah, some of the characteristics are what we would call foundational characteristics that would be enders or could be enders if you're not uh, proficient in them and you're not working on them. So for instance, one of the foundational characteristics is tactical patience, right? So tactical patience is just this idea of understanding how do I affect change without really destroying the church, inciting conflict, and just blowing everything apart. And uh, that's, that's kind of my quick layman's definition of it. But if, if I don't have tactical patience or I'm low in tactical patience and I'm high in visionary shepherding, like I, I see, man, we, we got to do this and it's important for us to do this. If I'm high in initiative, uh, I'm going to get things going and I want to move quickly. But that tactical patience really is kind of the brakes, right? The vision is the gas and the, and the patience, is, the tactical patience is, is really the brakes. So if I'm struggling in tactical patience, my congregation may feel run over and I may lose leaders and there may be a lot of frustration that I'm experiencing and they're experiencing. So why, why I'm an advocate for working on the, the scores where you find yourself low, particularly if there are some of those core competencies or those foundational characteristics, they could be enders or, or they could really undermine the progress that you hope to see occur in your replant. In the competency world, this, all 13 of these are what we would call threshold competencies, meaning you have to have all 13. You can't be really great at 10 of them and just don't have three of them. This is not that kind of survey and assessment tool. Some things you take and it's like, oh, I'm good at this, but I'm not good at this. Like when we've talked about predictable success with visionary operator, processor synergist, you don't have to have all four of those. You can't have all four of those strong. Uh, that's just not usually how people are wired and built. They're going to be really good at one and not good at another. And that's okay. That's part of what makes you a great team player is needing that. These are threshold competencies in the sense that in order to be an effective replanter, none of these are optional. I used the word optional earlier when we were talking about heart a few episodes ago, when I said spousal perseverance, I even looked back at that. I didn't mean the word optional. I meant conditional. Uh, mm -hmm. Spousal perseverance is conditional. Uh, upon whether you're married or not, but uh, none of these are optional in the sense that if you're missing, if you're insufficient in one of these characteristics, it's it, there are landmines underneath that uh, that are going to create major issues in your ability to lead a church well as a replanter or a revitalizer. And so knowing that these are potentially non-negotiables for you uh, that's why we say you should work on the bottom three first because you gotta you gotta have a certain proficiency on all of them. Based off of the data that we have so far, I would say if you don't have at least a, above a three uh, on a characteristic, then that's that's a that's kind of a danger zone. Maybe a yellow light, if not a red light, depending on how low that score is and why that score is that low. And so. I would emphasize now, if you have a bottom three and a top three and they're all above three and you want to take a strengths-based approach, I'm not against that. Take the strengths-based approach at that point, lean on the three that are the strongest, but there are some that more naturally build the others than other ones, right? So some foundational ones I would say are like emotional intelligence, initiative, 
those, those I would say are almost like the bottom level, most foundational. You it's just in general, it's hard to develop yourself in anything and grow in anything if you are low in emotional intelligence and initiative. And so I, I, you, you kind of have to have those past that. I would say tactical patience, uh, organizational awareness, gospel orientation, missional focus are all very foundational that you, you really have to have those in order to build others. And so if any of those are your strengths, you can use those strengths to help you maximize and grow in your weaker areas. If any of those are your weaknesses, then it's really important at that point that you focus on those because you're not going to be able to grow well in others without those being strong. In terms of just a commitment to personal growth, I, I just want to encourage uh, all those guys who are out there listening, every one of us, regardless of how seasoned or how long we've been in our, our particular place of ministry, we have growth that is ahead of us and that we need to pursue. So you'll become aware of your opportunities for growth through challenge and conflict and frustration and criticism. And, and so I just want to say, guys, don't be afraid of that. Look at that as an, as an awareness point of, oh my gosh, this is a great gift to me to understand that this particular characteristic is something in my life that I need to shore up and work on. And just know that whether you are 20 or 30 or you're in your 50s, you, you have areas of growth that need attention and you should always be committed to lifelong growth. One of the things you'll find in that further exploration area is those links. Go to those links, explore those documents, find some ways to grow in those things and do us a favor, share that information. Whatever you think is going to be most helpful for others, we'd love to hear back from you after you've taken the survey. If you see an area it could improve in uh, or a way that we could better serve you in the, with this resource, we'd love to be able to do that. But don't just take the survey. Take it, download the report, read the results, print out two copies, sit down with a ministry mentor or coach and or your spouse or good friend, work through the reflection questions in there, and then use the linked resources on the further exploration page to help you develop a growth plan to expose you to more resources on those characteristics and think through ways that you can grow in those areas. And then lastly, and we'll do a whole nother podcast episode on this maybe, there's an article at the end, Bob, that you wrote uh, so I've taken the survey, I've worked on a development plan, all of my characteristics are at profession enough level that I, I should be able to walk into a replant, I've met with a ministry mentor or coach, now how do I find that replant? Uh, and so tune in later and we'll have another episode. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Replant Bootcamp Podcast, a resource for replanters by replanters. If you enjoyed this episode or found it to be helpful for you and your ministry, please help us get the word out by subscribing, sharing, and leaving us a review on your favorite podcast listening platform. This podcast is sponsored by 180 Digital. 180 Digital is a team of design, development, and marketing experts that love working with churches, big and small. Check out 180.church, O-N-E-E-I-G-H-T-Y.church to learn more about how 180 can help your church move forward.